Football's back, baby, and so are the fantasy chumps. How are you guys doing today? Uh, we are oh, a member. Uh... We are a member short, but joining me, as always, well, sometimes is my my friend and now enemy in a way. John, how are you doing? Um, you know, still getting back in the rhythm of being enemies. It's it's a. Uh... It's good to be back, but it's also tough, you know. We're we're talking trades. We're trying to orchestrate some deals. Um, not sure that we're seeing eye to eye on them. I think I'm making pretty good offers, but you don't seem to believe so. so. John, you offered it's me hard. you offered me Aaron Jones and Russell Gage for Joe Mixon and Justin Jefferson. Like I said, Justin Jefferson barely had more points than Russell Gage in Week One. So, we'll we'll see how this ages. We'll just have to wait and see. But no, I'm good. Um, it's it's been it's been a good week. Um, had a lot going on, but I enjoyed that. I also enjoyed downtime, but I try not to think about it whenever I'm swamped. So um, been a good week. I actually had an inter- interview this morning, and it went pretty well. So that's always exciting. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Also disappointed because I went two and two this week, but you know. Two and, two and one, baby. Eh, you know. Could, could, could say that one loss was a bad loss, but I won't get into it. Uh, that would be an understatement. You know, it... <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Hey, a broken clock is right twice a day. That's true. So, we, I want to apologize. We did not have a podcast last week. We... Uh, <laughs> We're all slammed, and we could not find a way to do it unless somebody wanted to talk to a microphone by themselves for 30 minutes. Didn't think that'd be the most fun, so we decided to wait. So maybe maybe next time I'll I'll revert to some fantasy football ASMR. If anybody's excited for that, let us know. Send us a DM. Yeah, follow us on Instagram if you're excited about that. Fantasy underscore chumps. Speaking of fantasy underscore chumps, we got in a question of the podcast. So, John, from a fantasy perspective, what would you say your biggest takeaway is from all the drafts you did and how week one wins? So, from my takeaway from the drafts is – definitely different than what I expected because it actually changed. So after the first draft that I did, which was our live draft, I felt like, so I I ended up with Kyler Murray in that league, just for reference. I felt like my strategy was not a good one. My team wasn't very good. And that in large part, it was because I went both quarterback and tight end in the early round was Kyler Murray and George Kittle. Which I normally advise against, actually. Right. And and we talked about it quite a bit in the show. So my next draft, I do the exact opposite. I wait on quarterback and I wait on tight end. That also didn't feel very good because I ended up with Jalen Hurts, which ended up being a good play after, you know, post week one. It, it looks like it's a good move at the moment. And then Tyler Higby was mediocre at best. So, okay, Tyler Higby for a tight end, I, mean, I thought I had a good week. 
Yeah, but so here's what I'm trying to rationalize. The rest of my roster, and I felt like I killed the draft, but it's like the rest of my roster just did not look the way I, I expected it to. And it actually turns out that the Kyler Murray-George Kittle roster, I think, in my opinion, has a better chance of making the playoffs and potentially winning the league. Um, so I would say my takeaway from the draft is best available over strategy sometimes is the play. Um, you can have a goal going into the draft all day long, but at the end of the day, if you're turning away high-profile players for somebody that fills a position that you think you need a lot of depth at or you think you want more filling out your bench, like uh, for one example that I'm talking about, and this literally haunted me from the moment that I did it. <laughs> I drafted Gus Edwards in the fourth round over Terry McLaurin. <laughs> and I almost took Terry in the third round, but I, I, I passed on him and he made it back to me in the fourth. And it was like, I'd really love to get another running back because they run out fast. You know, it's a tale as old as time, but it's not only because Gus got injured, but I also, I guess now it's a little bit different now that Ryan Fitzpatrick went down, but anyway, so that's my takeaway from the draft. Takeaway from week one is it's been one week. Don't know. It's all going to be okay. There's still time. No, no, that's, that's as honest as I can be. It's okay. Don't go for the guy who blew up in week one, like Antonio Brown. I'm not completely sold on. A lot of people probably are. I'm not one of those people. Aaron Rodgers is still the reigning MVP. He may have had, you know, less than two points. He's still the reigning MVP. Don't overreact. Stay true to your draft if you believe in it still, but don't be swayed by crazy week one stats. So does that mean after week two we can overreact, John? I think one week is one performance. I think two weeks is a coincidence. Three weeks is a trend. I like that. So mine, kind of like yours, coming out of the draft, um, there's a lot of running backs early and none later on that are worth anything. Um, obviously, injuries always happen, but... I definitely don't regret taking running backs early, like the first two picks for sure. The one thing I would kind of agree with, John, is I think if Jalen Hurts, if I wasn't so high and I'm so late, I probably would have drafted a quarterback earlier. That's the only reason I waited is because I think Jalen Hurts is going to be like a top 10 quarterback to get as late as I did, which is one reason I passed on um, at early QB and all the early tight ends, I never got a chance to draft, so that was unfortunate. But in terms of week one, uh, you know, like John said, stay patient, don't overreact to the score. If you want to overreact to anything, look at like targets and rushing attempts, but even that, you know, take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. But it's definitely something to consider. And, you know, if somebody performs bad and you think they'll be better, shoot your shot so you can get them. I know I'm trying in a, at least one or two of my leagues. <laughs> it's worth a shot. I mean, you might as well. Sometimes you can strike gold. It's a great opportunity. And I think you week one waivers, 
I think week one waivers are as important as any waiver in the year because I think that there's so much unknown and there's so much time. Yeah. I honestly think that was the one thing I did want to talk about. Excuse me. Uh, is the fact I think week one waivers, I don't want to say this is going to sound a little harsh. They're almost irrelevant to me. Um, like I hardly ever pick up anybody in week one because I've in the past I've picked up like, Oh, I got, you know, this guy, he, you know, he did good, not great. So I'm not overreacting, but he, he'll be a good player. And then he just like ceases to do anything that's happened to me multiple times. So I always tend to wait until after week two. And it's like a guy had a so-so game and then a guy had another so-so game but his usage could go up. That's when I get interested in those type of players. So keep your eye out for players like that, not just the big week, but, you know, if they do a big week in week two and week one and nobody claimed them, then look more into it. Because like you said, week one is like the, the big one was, uh, what is, what is he, Elijah Mitchell? Yeah. I think yeah. I mean, For the 49ers, yeah. everybody's like yeah. up, spending a lot of fab or, you know, first waiver priority. Trey Sermon wasn't on the roster that day. Which I, I think there might be more of a story to it than we're getting out of that too. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The 49ers backfield is interesting. I think it's just going to be a committee, but they run a lot. So they can support more than one running back for fantasy value for sure. But I did see, I saw Elijah Mitchell go for 83 fab in one of my leagues out of a hundred. And that, that's all year, right? Yeah. See that? That's crazy. It's ridiculous. But because it could pay out though. Like that's the thing is like he could turn into a, a RB one, and then it's absolutely worth every penny. But you could drop him after week three. That is true. Yeah. So risk yeah. reward. Yeah, I'm I'm very conservative when it comes to the uh, waiver wire fab usage. Um. Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, Bruce Arian says in terms of the news, which we are slowly going into, that Ronald Jones will start Sunday and that he's ready to roll. John, I don't care. Tell me why I should. Um, there's not much reason to care. I honestly think, like, I, well, I don't know what that word was. I honestly think that Thursday night he looked pretty good for the work that he got, but. I think Leonard Fournette is a more dynamic playmaker than Ronald Jones, and one way or another, it's going to be split work between the two of them. So he's a big name that's going to be rostered in more than half the leagues, probably rightfully so, but at the same time, don't start him unless you're in a super deep league. Yeah, I agree. Raheem Mostert, out for the year. And Probably. getting hate mail for it. Did you see the Instagram posts about that with his wife and everything? No. Yeah, so he got, like, death threats. Why? Because he's hurt? Yeah, it makes no sense. Well, okay, alleged death threats. That's I guess it's not, like, confirmed. But uh-huh. it doesn't make much sense. Like, there have been bigger names that go down in week one, and, like, I don't know. Like, everybody's, like, pissy because of COVID, and they've been cooped up for yeah, however long. But... I don't know. That seems a little extreme. But, yeah, he's out for the year. A lot of opportunity. So, John, Ryan Fitzpatrick 
out for the next six to eight weeks with a hip injury. How does this affect what you view the football team's fantasy outlook? Uh, it's detrimental to their to everyone's value, in my opinion. Antonio Gibson's stock went down. Terry McLaurin's stock went down. Logan Thomas' stock went down. Curtis Samuel was already out. Um, I know you picked up a wide receiver who was kind of going to replace Curtis Samuel's role. And maybe our dynasty league, I'm not sure if, it, if that was it or not. I kind of think it was. Um, but uh, regardless, uh, it's not looking good for Washington. I thought they had a chance to be competitive this year. I would actually not be surprised to see them sign Cam Newton. Um, but we will see what sure. happens on that front. Yeah, they, he deserves to be on a roster. I like a, I'll vouch for Cam Newton. I like Cam a lot. So Now, now I have a question for you. Okay. The Cowboys have had a couple, you know, right tackles suspended. Demarcus Lawrence hurt his foot. Michael Gallup's out for a while. Who mm-hmm. who's your projected NFC East winner right now? Eagles, probably. Cause see, I, I don't know what to say because they all look just as bad as they last suck. Year. They're terrible. It's, I mean, the Eagles are are so bad. But easily the worst division in football. But I mean, they also spanked Atlanta, and I didn't expect that at all. Yeah, I don't I mean, think it. I, I was high in Atlanta. I know it's just week one, but man, man, I don't. Yeah, but I feel like we were saying this last year about Atlanta. It was like, man, they look bad. And then I don't know. I feel like there's some Matt Ryan hype coming into the year, and he's just. It's it's time to hang him up for old Matty Ice, but. I, I guess it's the Eagles. It's not the Giants, I don't think. The Giants' defense is actually respectable-ish. Um, uh, I, no, no, it's not the Eagles. It's the Cowboys. It's the Cowboys, for sure. Yeah, I mean, they, they look – yeah. Yeah. I, for whatever reason, I was thinking somebody else got hurt outside of Gallup and Lawrence. But, no, it's just them. No, because oh, uh, like... Lyle Collins got suspended for a few games. Oh, right. That's that's what you were saying. Okay. Yeah. Right, 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 right. But, yeah, it's still the Cowboys. Fair. All right. Well, let's move on to one of the segments we have today. Overreact. We couldn't think of a better word, so we put under the radar. That's it. Under the radar. Maybe. Yeah, that works. Under the radar. It's better than underrated. I don't know. Yeah, it is, but let us know if there's something that we could have. I'm sure somebody can think of the words, but um, yeah, I like that better than under- overreact overreact or under the radar. Yeah, I like I that. I like that. It doesn't make that, much sense. Uh, no, it works. It works. Let's go. So basically, we're taking either bust or boom. Most people say boom or bust. So I switched around to be different. Performances from week one, and we're going to see if we need if it's an overreaction based on what we've observed, or if it's going a little under the radar, and what we should do about it. So let's start off with my first round pick in our OG league, Ezekiel Elliott. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> so I'll, I'll go first. I think it. I think it is under the radar. I know. I know. He was on the field 
But let me let me talk everybody off the cliff. The guy I'm trying to trade for Zeke in another league, though, he won't listen, so we're good. Uh, <laughs> he was on the field for 79% of the snaps. He they the Cowboys, I saw this, some reporters said they ran a total, they were going to run a total of 26 run plays. Dak audibled out of 12 of those. So that's potentially 12 opportunities Zeke didn't have week one. And with Michael Gallup out, you know, whatever targets he's going to get would go to him. And, you know, he's going to get work. He's going to get touches and in a better matchup, which this is probably the worst matchup of the season. I honestly thought about not starting him. Couldn't bring myself to do it. So I started him. I think he will bounce back in a big way. And he's one of the guys I try to go trade for. John. I definitely, yeah, I definitely agree with everything that you had to say about Zeke. Um, he's dynamic. He's he looked good. He, I mean, yeah, he did look good, but you're playing against a very tough front set. He, he looked good until Devin White came to tackle him. Yeah, you know, it's kind of hard to avoid a guy like Devin White, even if you are Zeke. So, um I agree. That's one that's probably under the radar a little bit. I also think that, you know, and I guess this is an interesting question that I'm not sure if you'll have a good answer to or not, but I'm very high on Najee Harris. I don't know what the rest of the fantasy football community feels like on average. I know I'm much higher than most people, um, but I feel like Najee Harris is definitely going to be another under the radar type guy because he came out, Flopped against Buffalo. Um, didn't look good, honestly. But Buffalo's defense, I, I thought the run defense actually played very well in that game. Um, they, they, they tried to stop it. They wanted Big Ben to win. Right. And, I mean, I don't blame them. I, w- I would challenge Big Ben before I challenge Najee Harris, probably. So, um, it's um, – I think yeah. it's another – opportunity to potentially seek out a trade for Najee because I obviously expect him to perform at a much higher level than he did against Buffalo. I was going to say, John, you are the Najee truther and you own him in OG League. You have him on your team. So I'm sorry, no question. Uh, No, I don't. No. So are you worried? In, are you worried in the slightest? No. Okay. I, I literally have no fear when it comes to Najee Harris. I'm like I'm like twenty percent worried. Like when I say that I think he has every bit of talent and an ability and opportunity to be Saquon from his rookie season, I completely believe that. Still. Twenty percent worried. <laughs> Great segue, though. Next guy, Saquon Barkley. Overreact or under the radar, John? Um, I would say that, you know, I don't know. I I think there's probably a bit of an overreaction to Saquon, in in my opinion. Um, It's just going to be – it's going to be a shaky year. And – it's hard to say, honestly. I mean, it, like with Saquon, it truly is a question mark, I guess, in my opinion. I'm going to go right down the middle because 
I see a world where Saquon is Saquon and yeah. things get back to normal. And then I also understand that at the same time, he has a ton of health concerns and it's kind of been the same old story. And it's like, it's not like Raheem Mostert, but it kind of reminds me of Raheem because it seems like he's been relevant for a few years and it's been riddled with injury concerns. And even if he is completely healthy, I don't know that I trust in the Giants offense enough to feed him the way that he needs to be fed. So there are concerns, but then he's also Saquon Barkley. So take it as you will. Like I said, you know, one one week's worth of performance like this is just a performance. It's just a number. Two weeks is a coincidence. Three weeks is a trend. After three weeks, I think it's fair for you to panic on Saquon, but the about Saquon is is that his name will always hold value. If he is not out for an extended amount of time, his name will always hold value. It's never good to sell low, but if you are 0-3, it might be time to sell Saquon. Hmm. Interesting comparison to Raheem Mostert. I kind of like that. I mean, I'm not saying that the talent is there, but... No, but like, I get what you're saying, because like at least for fantasy, everybody gets really excited for Raheem Mostert. And then he just gets hurt. Like, so he'll ball out for like a few weeks. And like, everybody was talking. And like, okay, I don't say, I shouldn't say everybody. My coworker and I were talking. Clay, and it's like, dude, Raheem's going to go down week one and it's going to be somebody else. And like, literally, it happened. Yeah, I think he carried the ball maybe like three times. I don't even, I don't know how many times he did. It wasn't many. I feel bad. He's a good player. Feel bad. Good old Raheem. Well, the other, the last running back that disappointed. Well, actually, let's start with this. The the group that disappointed was the entire Packers offense. But we're more specifically going to talk about Aaron Jones because I don't think we're worried about Rodgers and Adams as much. Is that fair, John? Fair, for sure. So... How worried are you for Aaron Jones? Because I'm 40% worried. Aaron Jones is definitely um, but at the time, if we had Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, that means that we also have to believe in Aaron Jones. Because if you believe Jones is probably going to be operating at a pretty high level, Aaron Jones is a threat running back pass catching and rushing and you know when I thought about this it wasn't long ago that Matthew Barry started the Jones movement season was the year before that so Aaron Jones really like he seemed like one of those rock solid guys but he really hasn't been around for very long and he's not the youngest guy either I think he's about to turn 27 years old so John, you don't have to act like oh I don't think he, we know he's about to turn 27 <laughs> We literally looked it up because I had Aaron Jones on my dynasty team, John. It's okay. <laughs> and you were trying to... It's okay. Uh, that's not true. Right. Um, so, at the there is room for concern at this point. You probably drafted him in the first or second round. So, which it is for me. I have... And that was here. It was a great week one. Um, do you win? There's room for concern, but it's not time to panic yet. Okay. 
because as the as also an Aaron Jones fantasy manager, I, I was almost tempted to downgrade him. Actually, you know what I'm going to? I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to downgrade him to the flex. He deserves it. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, Maybe. while you have fun with your pity party, <laughs> let's talk about Debo Samuel because I don't. I, I know I didn't expect this. Um, I was a big Brandon Ayuk guy uh, who didn't even play. Really, um, but Debo Samuel, where do you stand with him? Maybe? Oh man, did, did did I not talk about how uh, how much I like Debo Samuel this year? I was I didn't get him in a single draft, which annoyed the heck out of me. But I was so high on Debo Samuel. Granted, he'll probably get hurt in two weeks, but man, when he's playing, you just gotta play him. Like I. I don't think this is an overreaction at all. Hmm. If he's healthy, I mean, when Brandon Ayuk comes back, he maybe take a step back. He's not going to put up 38 points every week or whatever. But, no, I think he's the number one guy for the 49ers. Okay, if you count mm. Kittle, he's the number two guy. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I, um, I, I was only thinking in terms of wide receiver. That's fair. But, no, he – I mean, it's, yeah. not like, it's not like he just had a couple big plays either. He had a – he had a lot of targets. I'm gonna look up the exact amount because I can't remember. I think and it was thirteen, if I remember. Thirteen targets. Like, come on. Like, you should not be worried about that. Uh, where, where is he? I definitely would not seek to trade for Debo Sam, Debo Samuel. Um, his price is going to be super high right now, and I'm still not a believer. Twelve targets. Okay, so he had thirty-two points, but twelve targets. Like it's even really not it, that many. No, but that's like so it's quite a bit. It's it's a good return on where you drafted him for the week, but like I said. I mean it's, I know it's just I'm one not, week. I'm, I'm not sold. But if you schedule that out all year, that's two hundred and four targets, John. That is a lot of targets. <laughs> Talk about somebody I am sold on. <laughs> TJ Hawkinson. I hate you. This guy is on my dynasty team. I hate you. And I was scared. I was scared when I drafted TJ. I almost tried to trade for him with you, but I didn't think I didn't think you did. Oh, you, you'd, you'd have to pry him from my cold fingers before you got him off my fantasy team. Well, now, uh, yes. <laughs> his, his stock is, is, is on the rise, but no. Uh, Jared Gerth likes TJ Hawkinson, and I think everybody was surprised that I'm not going to say how good Detroit looked, but <laughs> that the offense was actually competent. And I, I think I have tried to stand up for Jared Goff a little bit before, especially in the Matthew Stafford comparisons. Jared Goff has gotten a lot of hate? unearned hate, in my opinion. Like Jared Goff is really not that bad of a quarterback. There are a lot of worse starting quarterbacks in the NFL than Jared Goff. So absolutely may not be a sexy quarterback to have for your franchise, especially because it's the lions, <laughs> but you can say that again. There are some bright pieces in Detroit and TJ Hawkinson is one of them. And he is here to stay. Like, welcome. Sorry. Welcome the next big tight end to the NFL. His name's TJ Ooh. and he comes from Iowa. See, the thing is, 
the Lions actually have a couple good players. Like, I think DeAndre Swift's good. I think their O-line's good. Jared Goff's not bad. Their defense just isn't very good. And, like, there's some other pieces on their roster. Like, their receivers are terrible. So, like, there's some good pieces to build around. I, Don't you disrespect the Monterey St. Brown? Did you not see his two targets? All right. Uh, anyway, they have some good pieces. So, I'm definitely buying the TJ Hawkinson hype. Thanks, John and Jake. Jake, you took him in like the fifth round. How dare you? Well, when you've got four fourth rounders, it helps a little bit. It does. There's three, but I get what you're saying. So, the last guy we're going to talk about, he didn't necessarily break out. But wait, I felt- before, before, wait, before we talk about him and reveal his name, uh, is did. did would he happen to be somebody that you cut from your roster before the season even started? No. No? You sure? Yeah. What? Yes, you did. I swore you did. No. Who was it then? What What do you mean? Are you talking the about our main about... No. Yeah, the guy we're about to talk about. No, I didn't draft him. Oh, okay. I'm mistaken. Pardon, Pardon my French. I didn't drop. I didn't drop anybody. The only person that I moved on my roster is I moved Curtis Samuel and I picked up Justin Fields. <laughs> oh, okay. Continue then. I want to see who dropped him because now I'm curious. I know somebody did drop him because that's why I picked him up, but I did not drop him. No. Okay. So, Continue on. Well, we already know who it is, but this player averaged or this player had 12 targets this game. 12. He didn't. Like, again, he didn't blow up, but some guy I think a lot of people aren't going to realize is DJ Chark. He had 17.6 fantasy points. That'd be wide receiver 24. And that's with three catches on 12 targets. John, how bad is that? <laughs> um, pretty bad. I yes. honestly didn't realize until just now that he only had three receptions. So that's pretty incredible. Um I think this is going to be an overreaction. I don't think anybody really expected Chark to get this kind of workload, and I don't think it's... I personally am a big believer in LaVisca Chenault, and I think that... You're welcome. Uh, I think that the trend out of camp and the trend that will continue throughout the NFL regular season will be Chenault over Chark and Martin Jones. That's fair. But I do want to highlight him because 12 targets, quite a bit. Jaguars didn't look very promising. And, you know, let's just say he averages 10 targets a game and he catches five or six of those consistently. Or maybe it'll be 12 and up. You never know. But I think it's a good play if, you you know, there's a guy you don't want on your roster, cough, cough, Ronald Jones for me. <laughs> I dropped him. I picked up DJ Chark because I think he has the chance to actually kind of blow up into solid wide receiver two, just with the amount of volume. Yeah, I mean, with the amount of volume he could get. I mean, why not? Right, and like he has eight receptions out of twelve. It's still, but we're talking about him in a totally different light. Oh yeah, yeah. no, if, if also, he caught. Two more of those, or if he, if two more of those were catchable, and he broke those for like thirty yards or something, he'd had over twenty points, like twenty-two, twenty-three points week one. Oh, easily, right? Yeah. 
So it was Nate who dropped him. So I wasn't far off. Like that's fair. It was another chump. It was a chump. As as but, they all are. That's true. Well, is there anything else <laughs> you want to add about our uh, our guys we talked about? I think I'm good. Okay. Gosh, I love TJ though. Oh, uh, love okay. me TJ. Get out of here. We're gonna. And speaking of getting out of here, we're gonna get out of here and <laughs> take a quick break, and we will be right back. Welcome back. <laughs> Sorry, John. I, I I can't keep a straight face. I might be actually getting Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> oh man. So if you hear me uh, get distracted, that's uh that's what it is. <laughs> um. <laughs> so a new segment, at least I've wanted to start, is our own kind of. What 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 is like other places call them again like? Boom bust. Boom bust. Thank you. Um, I came up with stud or dud. I'm just kind of I don't want to say I'm on fire because of the under the radar one because that one's okay. But <laughs> stud or dud, dude. I don't want to say that I'm the greatest to ever do it, but but the footballers better watch out. <laughs> as I check to see if they accepted that trade and. So basically, <laughs> a stud. John, do you want to explain what they are? Um, so I tried to come up with like a, and I don't know if you guys remember or not. I tried to come up with like an actual mathematic definition for a stud or a dud, like somebody that outperforms or you know finishes like ten spots per se above their. You know where they their ADP or where they were. Um, <laughs> breaking news: I believe the trade just went through. Um, but Layton, share with us what's going on right now. I accepted it. Let's go. Oh yes, I am so hyped. That's incredible. That's oh, actually incredible. My God. So anyway, um, basically a stud. That's somebody that uh, you like their outlook for the, the upcoming week or for the season, in fact. So uh, a dud, probably not somebody that you want to have in your starting lineup. Or if you do, you shouldn't be expecting some big things. So I know Layton's preoccupied at the moment. I'm going to kick it off with my first set of the week. And that man received a lot of trash talk. Um, in this in this last matchup, uh, he plays for the Chicago Bears, and he goes by the name of Darnell Mooney. It's not Daryl. It's not Daryl. It is Darnell. Um, so I like Darnell Mooney this week. He had seven targets last week. Only had twenty six yards, twenty six receiving yards on five catches. Um, but I do, I like his position in the offense. I also like that they're playing the Bengals. I think it's an opportunity for the Bears to kind of get in a shootout, which is not something typical that we'll see a lot of with Andy Dalton. But I believe this is also a bit of a redemption game for Andy. So this is a franchise that he was drafted by. He started for, for a, dare I say, like nine or ten seasons. It seems crazy that he's been in the league that long. But I feel like it 
was somewhere near that number. Um, led the franchise to playoff, I think two playoff appearances. And yes. uh, so this is kind of a, a redemption game for Andy. And I don't have a lot of faith in the Cincinnati defense. And I like Darnell for the year. So um, Darnell Mooney, he is my first stud for this upcoming week. I like that pick. Uh, the Bengals are still winning, but I like the pick. <laughs> the Bengals will win. Yeah. So my first stud, contrary to what we just talked about, is the entire Packers offense. They go up against the Detroit Lions. Um, I'll do more specifically Aaron Jones. Fine. John, give me this, this stanky look. Um, and, I, like, there's just no way they play that bad. I think they get back. They're going to be motivated. They're going to, frankly, be pissed off. And so I think they're going to bounce back in a big way. And, you know, I think it could – things could be looking up for the Packers. I mean, I don't think they're going to lose because it's at Lambeau. I don't think they'll lose to the Lions in Lambeau. So I think Aaron Rodgers is going to tighten it up. They're going to get more serious because I think they went in overconfident against the Saints. Don't know why, but I think they did. So – it should be a good matchup. They're going to be in a run-heavy, most likely a run-heavy um, game script because of the score. So I think Aaron Aaron Jones and the entire Packers offense could take a huge step up this week. So it'll calm the nerves of the week one performance, hopefully. I just keep telling myself that, actually. Hey, positive vibes only. Exactly. So, John, can you go over your second stud, or do you want to do a dud? I'm going to hit my second stud. Go for it. Mainly because I have him in one of my leagues, and I'm excited for him this week. It is Damian Harris, the running back for the New England Patriots. They face off against the Jets this week. Damian is coming off of a 23-carry game. Uh, He also got three targets, which I know isn't anything special, um, but for Damian Harris, it's actually a lot. So I'm hoping that the Patriots continue to use him in the passing game as well as the rushing game because – if you put all those numbers together, that's 25 touches that he had in week one. Not many quarter, not many running backs, excuse me, hit that number. Um, I wish I had for you, but I don't. I'm guessing it was probably four or less. McCaffrey probably did it. Dalvin might have done it. Joe Mixon Damian did Harris, it. Joe Mixon did it. Probably he got to the end of the list. Zeke, Zeke did it. Zeke did it. for sure did not do it. <laughs> Najee didn't do it. Kamara didn't do it. Austin Eckler didn't do it. Did he? Derrick Henry didn't do it. Yeah, I mean, that's probably everybody. Probably four. Um, so that's a very short list, and that's good company to be in. Um, against the Jets, it's going to be a run-heavy game for the Patriots because they're going to start out 2-0 on the season. Um, this is not a tough opponent, and Bill Belichick could probably coach their way to a victory here. I'm just hoping that James White doesn't cut too much into the potential for Damian Harris, and I hope that the coaching staff isn't too critical of Harris because he did fumble, and Belichick hates to turn the ball over, absolutely hates to turn the ball over. So that is, doesn't bode well for Harris. I'm hoping week one, first week as a starter, really, truly, without Sony Michelle or Rex Burkhead. I'm hopeful that they show grace to Damian Harris because I think he has tremendous upside. So he is a stud for me for this week. I like that. 
Um, you definitely do have them in one of our leagues. And it uh, unfortunately was not able to fall to me. So it was a good pick, though. So my other stud, ironically enough, is Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> so they're playing the Chargers. Um, did you see the – oh, wait. Did, did Gibson have that many touches? He might have. It, I'll look it up. Ooh, yeah, because I'm curious. Because Ezekiel, sorry, Antonio Gibson had a good game, uh, week I one. Don't think he did. He had 20 carries. 20 carries, five targets, three receptions. 23, pretty close. Yeah. How many? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So he got a lot of work. He didn't exactly put up the numbers as big as the work shows, but he got you know carried for 90 yards, three catches, to only for 18 yards against the Chargers. The Chargers do have a good defense, so it makes me a little nervous about this pick, but um, I think if Zeke gets the amount of work he did, well, and more, I think it could be a big week for him, because I don't take anything away from Antonio Gibson, of course, but I think Zeke right now is the better running back, so getting um, giving him the ball and maybe the Cowboys getting back to their I guess the roots of offense, uh, maybe being not necessarily totally run first, but more a more balanced offensive attack, I think could help um, exploit the Chargers defense in what could be a potential upset of the week. Ooh. Fun fact, Dalvin Cook touched the ball 26 times. He had 20 carries and six receptions. So just barely off. Still a very good list to be on, regardless. So... My first dud, and this one is very near and dear to my heart. I've already talked about him a little bit this episode. It's Brandon Ayuk. And this is just a dark, dark rain cloud of just agony, in my opinion. Um, Right. I have no idea what to expect from Brandon Ayuk. But what I do know is that the 49ers – do not have a good matchup this week. They play Philadelphia, and I just don't expect it to be a good performance. Do I believe that Philadelphia has a good defense? No. (laughs) But Atlanta was not able to move the ball the way I expected them to, and I, if I have to choose between one of the two, I actually pick the Falcons offense. Eh, Not the Falcons offense. I take that retract. I take Matt Ryan over Jimmy Garoppolo and the combination of Garoppolo and Trey Lance, um, which I don't think we'll see much Trey Lance in this one. But regardless of the fact that their quarterback play is below par, that's actually good, subpar, uh, which is kind of the same sentence and saying, but that has never made sense to me, but that is taken as a bad thing. Anyway. Okay. Long story short, I don't expect a good week from Brandon Ayuk. I don't expect him to play with the starters the way that Brandon Ayuk should. And I think that there's going to be a very painful growing experience with him for the entire season. And I don't think that he can be trusted in your lineup for a good amount of time until we see some actual results out of him. I would agree with that. Uh, I think it's kind of more of a prove it. Like, I. Brandon Ayuk is the guy, especially for where you most likely drafted him, you have to just wait until he does something, especially with how Debo played. Kittle, like, 
didn't have like not not necessarily had a bad game, but didn't like do what George Kittle normally does. So until you see Ayuk do something with those two guys in the lineup, I wouldn't start him like any week. Until he does that. That's just me though. But I like the dud. Um, my first dud. I, I try to think of somebody we haven't talked about a ton, but uh, Saquon Barkley is my dud going up against the Washington front. This Thursday night game, I, I'm going to say it right now, it's going to be the worst game of the year for Thursday night games. Because, you know, Thursday night's kind of a primetime game. I think it's going to be the worst one because the Giants didn't look good at all. The football team lost their starting quarterback. It's going to be a low-scoring defensive first grudge game. So if there's not a lot of scoring opportunities, the likelihood of Saquon scoring is just lower just because of the amount of opportunities. So that being said, I'm staying away from basically everybody on both teams. You could you could start Terry McLaurin, but that'd probably be it in terms of what I'm comfortable starting with this game. So I'm especially avoiding Ezekiel Elliott. Or sorry, Saquon Barkley. Just on the mind. John, do you have any uh, any input into that game, I guess? Because that game is the um, closest one. I'm interested to see how it plays out. I could see it actually being a little bit more entertaining than than you are giving it credit right now. Uh, I mean, honestly, it could be entertaining, but, like, it could, I think it has a high chance of being very, very mediocre. It, it does have a high chance of being a very mediocre game. I, I can't deny that. And – I absolutely agree with what you're saying about Saquon. He's kind of in a prove-it situation as well. I'd, I'd like to see him prove his health and his ability, for that matter, because we he... haven't seen Saquon of what we think of whenever we say the name Saquon in a long time. How, how many points did he have last week, actually? Last year or a week? Last week. Did I say a year? I couldn't tell. I, it was single digits, I think. So he had, holy cow. Yeah, it was uh, this bad. So he had, I don't even know if I can say this out loud. He had 10 carries for 26 yards and one catch for one yard. Yikes. Wow. Uh, Dynamic offense in New York, to say the least. That's something. That's one way to put it. We can, uh, we'll see how it works out. I mean, Saquon's always the guy that could break one for 80 yards, so we'll see. So my next dud, it's a little bit different because it's not that I doubt the ability of this player. It's that I, I'm i very troubled by what we saw from him in week one. And I would I was a fan of him coming into the season, and I was very interested in drafting him. He went too high for what I wanted to pay for him. But that player is James Robinson. It's not that I dislike the matchup against the Broncos. Granted, that's a team that I don't really, you know, I'm not excited to play that defense, but I'm also not steering clear of it with a guy like Robinson that was probably your third or fourth round pick based off of kind of the hype that he had right before draft season. So James Robinson, he had five carries in week one against the Texans in a game that, did not go the way that I anticipated, at least. I thought the Jaguars were going to win. I also could have seen the Texans going 0-17 this year. Like, they're bad. They're really bad. Yeah. 
and they kind of dismantled the Jaguars. So Denver's a much better team than Houston. Carlos Hyde somehow is still sticking around the NFL, and he's still ruining this backfield situation for the Jaguars. So I'm not saying that I believe James Robinson is going to have a bad week. I am saying that you should not start James Robinson because I think it is very likely that you could either A, get burned again like this, or B, it's going to be a mediocre performance and there's the potential for a old, washed-up, third-down running back to outpace James Robinson for touches in this game. The thing do not well for James Robinson or for the Giants. I don't expect them to run the ball a lot. And for as weird of a thing that is to say of an offense that was probably last year, and then also who probably had the most uncatchable passes on year last year. I actually think this is going to be more of an offensive game out of Denver, and Jacksonville is going to be trying to play catch up. Did we, did we talk about um, the fact that Teddy was named the starter over Drew Locke? Did we talk about that on the podcast? A little bit, yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, it worked out for him week one. We'll see how it goes. I, I think, they start out I think it shows there. that they have confidence in the roster. Because I think Denver has always consistently put together a good roster, just never had a quarterback since Peyton. And Peyton was in a wheelchair. I mean. Oh, that was just his last year, dude. That Super Bowl year, he was so good. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not giving him credit because I didn't like him while he was in the league. I do like him now, though. He was awesome in the freaking broadcast. That was oh, see, I never, I never minded Peyton. I, 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 I respect the Peyton. Fair enough. But Tom, anyway, so I don't like this. I'm not tempted to switch it. But this one's spicy. I, dude, I just. You really I, went for the big names. You know, the first one makes a lot more sense. I almost put Kenny Galladay just to really put the icing on the cake. But dude, I just don't. I don't just trust. Spit it out, man. I don't trust Derrick Henry. I don't know what it is. This well with the the matchup, so, especially. Sorry, go ahead. So here's what it is. Here's here's why that there's still a bad taste in your mouth for Derrick Henry, because if you think back three years ago, Derrick Henry was probably rostered in less than thirty percent of leagues, because Derrick Henry didn't burst onto the scene in the NFL, and show the dominance that we saw out of him in Alabama while he was in college. It did not work like that for Derrick Henry. And honestly, I mean, I never would have said this, you know, I'm not trying to overreact or say that this is my opinion on him for the rest of the year, but it would not be the most shocking thing to me to see Derrick Henry take a big step backwards. I agree. He is a little bit older. He's kind of one of those, you know, just run over him type of running back. Like Legarrette Blunt is the guy that I think of. Like Marshawn Lynch. It's like not like super fast, but he's a freight train. And I mean, that's hard on you. I mean, I've seen how he works out. He's huge. That's not easy. That is not easy to do at at this level. And something that should probably be taken into consideration. But he'll probably bounce back. He'll probably have like 28 carries and rest for 250 yards, and I'll look like an idiot. But 
I'm just saying. There is potential. I agree. Uh, potential. So the my biggest thing is the fact that during week one against the Cardinals, okay, before the season started, would you say the Cardinals had a good defense? No. Above average defense is probably a better word. Uh, I mean, they Patrick Peterson plays for the Vikings now, right? He does. I mean, I'd say they were very, very average at best. So, basically, the way that they look terrible, the Titans at line, the Cardinals. Taylor Luan looked horrible. Oh my gosh. Chandler Jones made him look like a kid in. Like, like the Missouri State lineman. No yeah, offense, Scott. Just, the, I did not say that. Just the fact that their O line looks so bad, combined with the fact that the Cardinals, not just you know stopping the run or getting five sacks, they just shut them down. The Titans scored thirteen points in a game in, when they were trailing the whole game, and you're telling me they're going to go play in Seattle and not have the same problem with Russell Wilson and company. I mean, th- this is the big problem with Derrick Henry. If they get behind, ha, ha, like, look at, look at what he did. He didn't, he hardly did anything. I mean, even when they were behind, he had four targets, which is probably on the high end for him last year, three catches for 19 yards. So you can't count on him in the passing game. And it's just not a good matchup. The Seahawks, are riding high after their big win in Indianapolis. They dominated the Colts. And so, again, this might just be another guy that, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, depending on how you look at it, you just have to look at and maybe trade for him after this week or next week because they play the Seahawks, not a good matchup. They play the Colts after that. That's a decent matchup. But then after that, Jets... Jaguars, two very, very appetizing games. So you just got to keep your eyes open because, you know, you got to look for opportunity. But I just don't trust him this week, so that's why he is my last dud. It's understandable, and I, I, I see what you're saying, and I made made my own points for it as well. He still is Derrick Henry for the time being. Don't overreact quite just yet, but – no, and, and, and like I said, the schedule lightens up after this upcoming week, so just be patient if he doesn't have a good week. But if he doesn't look at least somewhat better against the Colts, oof. Be patient unless you want to trade him to me. Then we can talk. Okay. Good good That's insight, John. Uh, did you have anything else to add before week two? Nate is not here for his bet of the week, so I will give mine instead. All right, I'm interested. So my bet of the week is Bengals plus two and a half over the Bears. That's right. Oh, my gosh. The Bears are favored, and part of me almost put my entire salary on this game. But I'll probably lose. Do it. No, I'm not doing that. But that's my bet of the week. I wish Nate was here so he could say something else, but that is my bet of the week. Nate, that was for you if he listens. We'll see. He will. He will. But, um, honestly, 
I think my bet of the week might be the Chiefs on Sunday night. Minus three and a half over the Ravens. I think we are going to curb stop him. Uh, yeah. Give, give me, give me like, give me like six and a half. Dude, the Raiders put constant pressure on the Ravens last night. Or two nights ago, sorry. Yeah. Like, it was bad. Very bad. So, I, yeah, I agree with that. Oh, my gosh. The Bucks are 12 and a half point favorites against the Falcons. I thought, yeah, if it was 14 and a half, I'd probably bet that. But I just... You yes. should look at the Texans Brown spread. Oh no. Twelve yeah. as much as I expected. But also tempted by that. But all right. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for listening. We are glad to be back. Get ready to get the season on a roll. I know we're all excited. So please be sure to follow us at fantasy underscore chumps. Keep a lookout. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, however you're listening. Submit the questions on Instagram, and we'll answer it in the next podcast. But until then, good luck this weekend. Hopefully you'll catch the dub. See you guys. Thanks, guys.